We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So Baltimore County Police has officially released its report and 911 call involving the investigation of a January incident with Ravens wide receiver Zay Flowers, Sarah. Yeah, and police are now referring to the investigation as, quote, closed. So that's certainly the biggest news there, but there are also a few details that few few people are discussing, and we're going to get to that next. Yes, we will. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside Sarah Ellison. It is Wednesday, February 21st. And this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault, presented by our friends at Mantis Lee. So yet another member of John Harbaugh's staff is leaving the Ravens as the Saints hired assistant wide receivers coach Keith Williams. So now he's going to serve as their next wide receivers coach. Plus the two-week NFL franchise tag window opened on Tuesday. It's going to run until 4 p.m. Eastern on March 5th. We're going to take a look at just how impressive of a season Baltimore's franchise tag candidate Justin Matabike had with the Ravens. It is impressive. So we have all of that and more coming up. So thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. So, Bobby, first things first, we're obviously not sitting here on screen with Todd Munkin. Why don't you give us an update of what's going on there? Yeah, appreciate it. Pretty simple. The Keith Williams news came out obviously late. I guess it was on Monday night. So, like you heard, we're going to get into that in just a second here. But uh, assistant wide receivers coach in Baltimore now is going to serve as the primary wide receivers coach in New Orleans with the Saints. And so, Todd Munkin texted and called me. He's incredibly professional. He's so polite. I've really enjoyed I think I've talked to him on the phone like three or four or five times now. It feels like he should have been on our show by now with the amount of times that I've been on the phone with him. But um, clearly, there's a lot going on with their staff. They're still trying to hire now uh, an assistant wide receivers coach and an assistant offensive line coach. So all of that's happening in real time this week. You would have thought it would be kind of quiet these days in the NFL for for an NFL franchise, but that's not the case, especially when you think about how many staff members John Harbaugh's lost. So anyway, Todd is is being extremely accommodating. He was very apologetic. He got out in front of this by many hours when we were supposed to do it at 4.30 on Tuesday, which which doesn't matter at all. But hopefully we'll have, um, you know, we'll reconvene with him at some point before the end of the week. Yeah, he's certainly committed to coming on. I mean, you can't fault him for losing a wide receiver's a coach, and then yeah. he's got to go help find a new one. So yeah. that's a priority over coming on the vaults, even <laughs> though he still will come on. So let's get to the news of um, Tuesday. 
afternoon. Um, several different outlets had reported on this because the police department put out a press release and the press release on its cover. Uh, and I wanted to make sure it was clear because on the, on the cover, it says that the investigation into Zay flowers is now closed within their um, document. It says suspended. So there's some, um, I don't know, some vague kind of feelings there, but on the yeah. cover, it says closed. So uh, Justin Fenton of Baltimore banner reports, Baltimore County police close investigation into Ra Ravens wide receiver, Zay Flowers without charges. So I'm going to read the beginning of this article. The second half of it is a repeat of some um, information that we already had. So I'm going to give you the updates. This is what Justin wrote. Baltimore County police say they have closed without charges a domestic violence investigation that allegedly involved Ravens wide receiver Zay Flowers. New documents show that a woman reported to police in Acton, Massachusetts, that she had been involved in a domestic incident involving an NFL player and that player's brother had drawn a firearm. She declined to identify him and said she was in fear record records show, but police conducted social media searches to determine who she was quote associated with. She stated that she was physically assaulted, which left her with multiple bruises. Police wrote in a report but when contacted by Baltimore County police later in the month, she said there were no further issues, nor did she disclose further details relating to the original report. Police wrote that they contacted an attorney, presumably for flowers in an attempt to speak with him. The attorney told them he would quote, not avail himself at this time in reference to this report, close quote. The investigation was deemed suspended on February 16th. The woman went with her father and friend to the Acton Police Department on January 21st and told officers she had been involved in a, quote, violent domestic incident, close quote, the week prior in Owings Mills. The woman had suffered bruises and said she and said the suspect's brother had pulled a gun, according to police records. She did not want to share the suspect's name or address, officers wrote. The woman explained that she was very hesitant to give much information due to the high profile status of the other party involved, according to the report. During the assault, she said that she called 911 and was crying when they answered. She told the communications officer that she was okay and then hung up. Police released a 911 call related to the investigation in which a dispatcher can be heard asking a woman if she, was an emer if she has an emergency or needs help. Quote, no, that's okay, thank you, close quote, she responds, sounding distraught. Then two marked police cars were dispatched to the home in Owings Mills and sat in the, in the parking lot for about two hours. Baltimore County Police called her back, but she did not answer. She closed the shades. Still, it was good the police cars were dispatched, she told officers. Quote, because the brother got scared, left the room, put the gun away, and that is what really made it stop, she said, according to the police report. Uh, and then just um, wanted, that was the end of that I'm reading from um, the Baltimore banner article. They went in and repeated some information that we've already covered on this show. Just wanted to put out there, Jeff's Rebeck. He tweeted the following Baltimore County police released its report and 911 call involving investigation of a January incident involving Ravens wide receivers, a flowers. He also said the police say the investigation is quote closed. And this is the, the next paragraph that's a little bit more um, uh, kind of an, an update there. An NFL spokesperson says that the NFL is, quote, monitoring all developments in the matter, which remains under review, 
close quote. So Bobby, that's all the new information uh, that we have. So want to hand it over to you and kind of get your thoughts on it. So each of, so you and I both feel like there isn't, we have two different areas of this that we don't feel like are being discussed. I'll go first and then, and then you'll present which, what, what area you think that is. Mine was, while this is encouraging for Zay, being that the case is closed, my initial, my immediate thought went to, well, wait a second, that doesn't mean he's out of the woods yet. And what I mean by out of the woods is with the league. And that's exactly what you just saw from Jeff there at the end of his tweet. An NFL spokesperson says that the NFL, just to, just to reiterate, says that the NFL is monitoring all developments in the matter, which remains under review. I'd have to think that the NFL conduct policy is going to be the be-all, end-all here in terms of whether or not Zay is cleared from a potential suspension. And so that's where my mind went, Sarah. And immediately when this news came out, I said, this is encouraging for Zay. And from some folks that I had talked to, and you and I spoke about this when I was in Vegas, I had been hearing rumblings that that the case was going to be closed. It hadn't been closed yet at that time. And so I wasn't surprised about that. I was just hesitant to really move forward and act as if, which you're seeing a lot of online, that this is over, that Zay is fully cleared, that they that Zay is out of the woods. Because there could still be a minor suspension from the NFL, perhaps even from the team. You know, we'll have to see and we'll have to see how that plays out. So that's where I went. That's what I don't feel like um, enough from what I've seen, whether it be online or just word of mouth, uh, folks seem to be discussing. Where did so, you go with it? Well, real quick before we, I, I give my thoughts, w- not that I disagree with you, but for those that may be asking, like I've seen people online being like, well, why, would, why wouldn't he be out of the woods if there are no charges, if there's like the case is closed, why would the NFL uh, suspend him? I guess I, I just want to ask that question on behalf of some of those out there. Well, I, I would have to think that it's, it's probably due to their own, co- like just because he's cleared by Baltimore County police that that case is closed based on what the NFL or an NFL spokesperson said to Jeff, monitoring all developments, everything's under review. I'm wondering if they want to do their own due diligence to see if anything within their conduct policies were violated, even though, again, we respect and we acknowledge that the case is closed. No charges have been filed. But let's just see what the NFL, because sometimes, like, who knows, right? That they, He may have violated their conduct policy, or perhaps, mm-hmm. or perhaps the Ravens as a team want to send a message, right? So that's just where I that's where I headed with it. So I think one way to sum that up, just to help answer that question, um, is that there's different like there's different standards, right? There's a there's a legal standard, and then there's a workplace standard, and then there's the NFL policy standard, and so each group can can decide for themselves what standards have been met. Right. And so, um, so that's why, that's why it's still out there. What Jeff reported, if that makes sense. Okay. So, but, but so this, when, when this news first came out, it actually came out the night of NFL honors when, when Lamar Jackson had the MVP one that his second MVP. And so I read the report that night and I had said, listen, there's always more than one side to everything. And so on one side, whoever, Whatever happened, you hope that all parties are okay. If there is, if there were a victim, I wanted to make sure that that she was okay. And at the same time, due process 
is 1000% owed to, to Zay Flowers. So Zay, so in terms of Zay Flowers, legally due process has, has continued and there are no charges. Yep. And so I'm sure from Zay Flowers point of view, this is like a major relief, no matter what happened there, no matter what happened, like he, to have your name associated with that, I'm sure that's a major relief for him. And so, um, so that's the biggest news. He deserved that due process. The only other part, because as I went, as I said that first night, there's always more than one side and I have yeah. no clue, none, absolutely zero idea. This report to me is very gray and it's very vague. Right. And so, um, the, the part to me that also stands out because there is a lot of celebration on behalf of Zay's part, right there. And there, and I get that. And, and, a part of me is like relieved also. I'm hoping that there was nothing that he did that like injured anybody. And so there's no evidence of that. And so he shouldn't have that burden put, put on him until there is evidence of that. That being said, the, the other, the other part that did stand out is this part that said she declined to identify him and said she was in fear record show, but police conducted. And so she, it sounds like she didn't want to go further. Now, some people will say maybe maybe it's because she lied in the first place, or some people will say, well, maybe that this is a normal thing that happens in domestic violence disputes that out of fear, you know, women and sometimes men, men are also um, victims at times of, of domestic violence. And so fear will sometimes prevent people from from doing stuff. Again, I know nothing and Zay is, has no charges and I'm happy for Zay. And at the same time, I hope that all parties, including her, are safe. I hope everybody can move forward with peace. I hope that um, I hope that everybody can, yeah, move ho forward in a healthy manner. And so I just wanted to point that out. And again, that's not saying that that because obviously she's saying that there was a brother with a with a gun involved. They're saying there were bruises, this and that. And so there there seems to not be nothing. Uh, but because there's no charges, it could have been it could have been false, right? Or there could have been something that she just doesn't want to say. And so if it were the latter case, my, my heart does go out to her and hope that she's doing okay. But I don't know that that's the case. And so you have to move forward with no charges. And then we'll wait to see if the NFL or the Ravens do anything else. Well said. We'll leave it at that. Let's continue the conversation. And before we get to more on the Keith Williams departure, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Mantis Sleep. As you heard at the top, one of our newest Brand sponsors, and this sleep mask gives you everything you need for deep, comfortable, solid sleep. It's got a true 100% blackout for a deeper sleep. There's C-shaped eye cups for unbeatable side sleep comfort. There's zero pressure on your eyelids or lashes. Uh, included and built in is advanced materials and ventilation for unmatched breathability. I've been wearing this thing for, I think, almost a year now and just wanted to show it as I always do. I know your kids probably have yours. They've stolen them, yeah, I hear. Do. They yes, still have they them. Do. Look at this. They, I mean, yes. Just... In fact, here's what's funny, Bobby, is you're showing that off. So because of my kids had two days off this week, they had President's Day, then they had like a teacher at work day. So my kids got to sleep in, but my house has a lot of light, a lot, a lot of light. And I couldn't figure out why two of my kids were still sleeping uh, until uh, like 9.30 p.m. What do you know? It's the two kids that have stolen my sleep mask <laughs> and it was blacked out. Like they just did not wake up. So I was like, okay, those things work. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. 
this is this is what's funny when you get sent stuff you know your kids are, are your, your four kids are there before you do typically i'll tell you now yeah in. whether it's sunglasses or uh we have other sponsors that we haven't gotten to yet i'll have to tell those stories later but yes everything gets stolen from me and i like have, i'm like look i have to actually use it so i can talk about it on our show <laughs> oh, i love it i love it who needs blackout curtains when you have man to sleep and the best right. part for you if you are a vault subscriber you can use our discount discount code vault 10 that's v-a-u-l-t-1-0 you know get 10 percent off your next purchase at mantis sleep all that information can be found in the show notes below special thanks to mantis sleep for believing in what we're building here in baltimore let's get to it because this was sort of the news that i think sent todd munkin into i'm sure uh, i don't know i'm I, he saw it coming there was some smoke about this over the last week or so i'm i'm, I'm sure but clearly you got to go and handle business to make sure your staff is, is you know, there's there's replacements. Yeah. So anyway, the Saints are bringing in Keith Williams to be their receivers coach. It's a two-year deal. And of course, we know him as the assistant receivers coach in Baltimore. He is the personal trainer of great all-time wide receiver, who's still currently playing, in Devontae Adams. Mm -hmm. He's a specialist. He's a guru. He's somebody that's really improved the Ravens wide receiver core. There you have it on the right-hand side, making it official, at Coach Dub, underscore between the coach and the dub on Instagram. Let's get to work. You see Nelly liking the post along with other Ravens. And, hey, there's a trickle-down effect too, right? Like you work with a guy who knows the position and who is well-respected around the league, and when he leaves, it's tough. It's tough. And, and you can see the emotions here from Rashad Bateman tagging Keith on Twitter with, with the cry emoji and kind of <laughs> doubling up on that uh, not long after with a quote tweet of himself. But uh, Sarah, this is somebody who I actually, I actually had a chance to get to know personally through Femi, our guy Femi. Okay. And when I was first starting out my channel and whatnot, long before you and I launched, Femi and I actually co-interviewed Keith. And I just thought he was so insightful like you know how Roquan refers to Mike McDonald as a mad scientist yeah like Keith is the equivalent of that on the offensive side of the ball this dude does things differently like he'll use tennis balls out there instead of footballs like he'll do things the way that he feels like the position the way you master the position and when you think about Devontae Adams and you think about what he's been and, and still is in this league he entrusts a guy like Keith to be his personal coach yeah, uh, he, he's going to be missed, and he's getting a good opportunity in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, it always means something when, like, one of the players that you coach puts up a crying emoji when they find <laughs> out that you're leaving, right? And that's life in the NFL. There's the, the Teams change at the, in the blink of an eye, especially season to, during the offseason and even during the season. So uh, you just got to get used to that, and the Ravens know this, which is why they're always trying to put people in the – and the pipeline trying to develop everybody and move them up. But yeah, what was nice about Keith is just like the, 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 the attention to detail of developing technique, which is what I think you were kind of alluding to yes. with the tennis ball and all that kind of stuff. Like he just, he could dive deep into that. Whereas a lot of these coaches, um, a lot of coaches like get promoted from position to position. You know what I mean? Like you, you can have, um, different guys at different, like, I'm trying to think like Matt Weiss is a guy that I'm trying, I'm, I'm thinking, sure. of, right. That yeah. like that he started as an intern and then like moves to the, and it's not like Matt Weiss ever really had like specific technique advice at any of these positions because 
he didn't play it. He wasn't in it, but you know, you become the coach there and you help um, design game plans and all that kind of stuff. So it is different to get a guy that's like, I know how to help a wide receiver. And oh, yeah. so hopefully Todd, you know, missing, you know, or having to reschedule the interview, this is what he's hard at work at. Hopefully they're all being like, all right, <laughs> yeah. we got a, we got a wide receivers coach, but is there another technique guru out there that players just rave about like to go as a personal guy and let's get another one because it seemed to be very beneficial. I think this is precisely what, like, like he had to immediately launch into action when, when Keith accepted this job, you know? So, and then to me, the Keith hire is very similar, even though it's on the other side of the ball uh, to the one that John Harbaugh made this time last year, bringing in Chuck Smith. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys are specialists. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't have a ton of, okay, sure. It might be personal coaching, right? And and Chuck, my gosh, like Dr. Rush for a reason. Go ask the folks at the Pass Rush Summit every single year what they what they think about this guy. So no traditional coaching experience in in the sense that, you know, game day type stuff. But these were hires that were non-traditional in a sense that John Harbaugh made and they really paid dividends. So I uh, got to give him credit there, and and um, when you look at what he's lost this off season, boy, it's a long list. Of course, most notably, Mike McDonald going to Seattle. Joe Hortiz, of course, leaves for the general manager opening with Jim Harbaugh in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Denard Wilson goes to accept a defensive coordinator job elsewhere. Anthony Weaver, Mike Devlin, and Keith Williams. So that is the the updated total in terms of um, who has departed Baltimore from a coaching standpoint this offseason. Okay, so meanwhile, as the Ravens restock there, uh, they have other th- other business to get to within the next week. It's a next busy week, week. man. It's yeah, a busy well, week. <laughs> <laughs> well, the two-week NFL franchise tag window opened up Tuesday at 4 p.m., and it will run through March 5th till 4 p.m. It's always the 4 p.m. deadline. And, um, and so if obviously in Baltimore, the main candidate for that is Justin Matabike. If they do tag him, it probably won't be until March 5th. That's just the way, uh, teams operate. They operate off of, um, uh, you know, deadlines. That's what it is. It's, it's a deadline driven kind of business. But as, as that window opens, Jonas, uh, Schaefer over at the Baltimore banner, put up a really, really cool chart. So let me, let me read his tweet as we, before I present the chart. So he writes, Justin Me- Matabike just had one of the best seasons by a Ravens defensive lineman, dot, 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 maybe ever. <laughs> okay. So here's, here's why he thinks it. Okay. This is why you get, you want to hold him here. Okay. So he has this chart where the, where that he put together that the source is from PFF. So on the on the horizontal side, the x-axis, it's the run stop rate, okay? And on the y-axis is the pass rush win rate. Now, I especially like the pass rush win rate side because it is hard to get a pass rush from the middle of that defensive line. So Justin Matabike is higher on the pass rush win rate than everybody Okay, that's been a Ravens defensive lineman. So he's at about a little bit above 14%, approaching 15% in a win rate. Look at the other names on there for the audio people. Exactly. (laughs) Here here we go. Let me tell you these. The next person is, um, oh, what was his name? Price's first name. Oh, was it? 
Was it uh, uh, Jermaine? No. No? I'll look it up in a minute. So that in 2006. Trevor, so Trevor, I'm sorry. Trevor, Trevor, there you go. Trevor. Trevor Price, there we go. I knew when you said it, I would know it. I knew it wasn't Jermaine. Okay, so 2006 price is about 13%. Then Calais Campbell in 2022, he's right above 10%. Okay. Price again. Matabike again. Both all around that 8%. Holodi Nada. Big, big name, right? His best season 2012 at about 7%. His 2011 year at about 5%. And that's about the same as, as uh, Jernigan in 2016. So, I mean, Matabike is the highest in terms <laughs> of pass, pass rush win, right? So then, oh, but is that all he has? No, he's not one-dimensional. Because then you go over to the run-stop rate, and he's second on this list. So it's Jernigan who's number one at about 11%. Uh, in the stop, run stop rate, and then it's Matabike at ten percent, and then who's third on the list? Oh, Matabike again in his twenty twenty two year, and then you have a big uh, cluster of people. You got Nada, Nada, Campbell, Price, all in about the seven percent range. So I mean, he can do it all, folks. He can do it all, and that's why I think Jonas isn't crazy to say he might be one of the best defensive linemen ever. Ravens are gonna they're gonna lock them up one way or, or another. I'll tell you that much, Bobby. You know what's funny? I've been thinking about this this guy Matt Bowen of ESPN who put out like a bunch of yeah free agent landing spot things. Like his best best team fit or something like that. You're getting a lot of that right now, yeah. right? Like you're getting you're getting these sort of just shot in the dark type of pieces of content yes. where these guys are tasked with you know a hundred players and let's just let's. Fit them. This is an with, editor coming and be like, "Hey, we got to keep <laughs> stuff up. Why don't yeah. you do this assignment for me?" Right. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it, it's Mac. I, I get it. Like, you got to fulfill the exercise for your editor and, and yeah. keep your job and whatnot. But if you think that the Ravens are letting a homegrown lineman, yeah, walk, yeah. you're crazy. You're crazy. No, he He's was more talking on. that it would be like a best fit. Like, and best I don't even fit. know why. Matabike is a great fit for everybody. I'll tell you, every team would take him. No kidding. I mean, when you're putting up Aaron Donald type of numbers, I mean, come on. So, so anyway, the best fit Ooh. was the Cincinnati Bengals. That was his best fit. Yeah, so, I saw that. But you just I'm got sure me thinking. Guy. Yeah, Jonas, I need Jonas to go back and and put um and put Aaron Donald on this chart. Just just Aaron Donald. I yes. just want to see where it compares. Yes, I'd like to for see sure. That. that would be. That would be something. So again, two-week window is now open. We're going to be following this, obviously, very closely in terms of the future of the Ravens' defensive line. Let's get to some quick hits. All right. Well, you know what? I just had to play this. RG3 is still on that Derrick Henry to the Ravens bandwagon, which we said we don't hate. But yet at the same time, I want to get young and fresh. But this time, he put up a video with it. And there's just that RG3 passion, Bobby. There's something about it. So I had to play it. It's like more... It's, it's better than the tweet he put out, right? You just you just exude passion, and you got to love it. Here we go. Derrick Henry's going to be a free agent, and we all know he's an absolute beast. And I've got the perfect place for him to go this offseason. He plays with physicality. He is relentless in his preparation. And we all know he ain't getting any younger. So he has a passion to get over the hump and go win a championship. So with all that being said, there's only one place for him to go. Derrick Henry should be a Baltimore Raven because he already plays like one. Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry just so happened to be the duo we didn't know we needed. <laughs> this guy cracks me up, man. He, he this is, is why he's on TV. This is why he's on TV. The guy, the guy is hilarious. It, 
he's he's looked at as a luxury. I've seen a lot of reaction. I don't think that would be inaccurate unless he's just going to take a major, you know, pay cut to go chase titles. Uh, so Stone, and he's a he's a vault listener, vault subscriber. Mm-hmm. We appreciate him on Ravens Twitter. Looks like he compiled some a bunch of different numbers here going up against Gus Edwards comparison-wise. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, so this is, I thought that was pretty good just to kind of put out there. So he had Gus Edwards, this is, I believe, in 2022. He doesn't have an exact year, but that's, or excuse me, 2023. So I'm assuming. So Gus Edwards, yards before contact, 1.39 yards. That's before he has contact. Yeah. Uh, versus Derrick Henry, yards before contact, just 0.88. Okay. Then you get into yards after contact. Okay. 2.71 for Gus, 3.32 for Derrick Henry. So kind of the idea is that Derrick Henry didn't get much room before the contact came, right? There's yep. been a lot of gripes about the offensive line in Tennessee, although Ravens obviously have some work to do this offseason, which I fully trust Eric DaCosta and the, and the crew to, to get that built and all of that. But point is, is that once the contact came, he'd probably get more contact to RG3's or less contact to, contact to RG3's point with Lamar Jackson right there. Uh, just having him on the field makes people second guess themselves. And so, uh, so then it's like with less contact and then getting plenty of yards after contact, it lets you know that he can still do some stuff. And then in stone's opinion, he writes that he thinks that um, Derrick Henry would easily get six plus a carry for the Ravens. So, I mean, that would be a lot. I don't know if you get that much, but, uh, but it does show he's still got some juice there. Going back to our conversation from Tuesday's morning vault, I am genuinely interested to see how long he remains available, Derek. You know, uh, because because we've seen and this this is so funny. We have our conversations and we have our our pre show meetings and and we're we're constantly in touch. And then you get like I don't know, you get in like a gym thought, like which was for me on Tuesday, and I'm at the gym. I love your gym thoughts. My gym yeah. thoughts really vary. Okay, there's, there's two places. Where, there's definitely two places. It's the gym and the shower where like yes. my mind is running right because there's not. 
you're not on social media and all that. You just are alone with your thoughts. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. So it was the gym for me on Tuesday. And I'm thinking to myself, like I'm kind of taken back to last off season and, and, and how devalued the running back position came, became right. And it was like, and it's, it's been like a trending thing over the years, but it was really like this past off season became a major topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, like, do any running backs kind of transcend that that current market what's being dictated essentially by the market right what what the market's telling you about most veteran running backs outside the rookie deals and i'm like if there's two guys that come to mind that could co- sort of buck the trend or whatever it would be Derek and it would be Saquon Barkley that's that would that's my opinion mm. uh, and then so sure enough I'm listening to Sirius XM on Tuesday and Charlie Weiss, the former Notre Dame coach comes on there and he says the exact same thing. He's like, look, there's no chance that Derek doesn't have anything left in the tank. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm getting all fired up on the treadmill. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, maybe, maybe they got a chance, you know, but clearly he still is looked at. He, he's he's going to be a luxury. There's no doubt. Um, but I just started thinking about that because it'd be crazy of us to just ignore what happened last off season. Cause that was like pretty historical for the running back position and left a lot of guys either without work or having to take significant pay cuts or in Saquon's case, the franchise tag. Right. So, so you're saying you think they're going to go early, right? Like right when free agency opens. That that was sort of my, that was sort of my thought. It was like, like, are they going to be the ones, are they going to be the outliers throughout the market? Are those two players? So anyway, I can see them being the first running backs. I just know where money usually goes, but we'll see. True, and and, and I kept going back, right? I kept going back that way too. Like, you know, the Ravens would be almost crazy to spend that kind of money on the running back position right now, given their needs. But, you know, we'll we'll see. Well, not only given their needs, but given like where there's so many that we found. Like, like Keith Mitchell's like the latest example, an undrafted rookie, you know? So. Anyway, Daniel Jeremiah, I'm excited about this. He's going to do his first uh, call on Thursday. I'm definitely going to go on that Zoom call with him, see if we can get a question or two in. Nice. Uh, he's my personal favorite draft analyst, so I'm not gonna, we're not going to bring in everybody all the time. There's a couple more that I feel like, all right, we'll bring them in. But there's so many draft mock drafts out there. You know, We're not going to bring them all in all the time. But Daniel, knowing that he worked for the Ravens, and sometimes he just seems to always be like right, right, Lockstep. He knows it's, yeah, he's yeah, he's not always like he doesn't like predict it every year the correct pick, but I mean he's always right around there. So anyway, his his mock draft came out at for the Ravens at number thirty. Um, he's got Georgia offensive tackle Amarius Mims. Did I say his name right? Yep. I thought I did. Okay, so yep. he writes: the Ravens have grown accustomed to seeing really talented players fall into their lap. Snagging Mims at number 30 would qualify as another example of this. Okay. Now, it's funny you bring this up because I've been listening to a lot of DJ as well with Bucky. Bucky okay. Brooks, they do a podcast together. and yeah. um, Move the sticks. Move the sticks. And one thing that, uh, that they continue to reiterate and other folks do as well, we've talked about it in the last couple of days, is how deep this tackle class is. So just because yes. they don't use that 30th overall pick on a tackle, don't be alarmed. Do not be alarmed. They could very well go with their classic strategy and their philosophy on opening night or for any day of the draft that matters when it comes to uh, you know drafting best available versus needs. So, so wait, so wait, 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 wait. You're saying they're saying they're starting. Okay, you got offensive offensive linemen is different from offensive tackles. Tackle. 
tackle. They're tackle. saying off. They're starting offensive tackles. Plug and play day one. Deep class. In round two and three. Didn't specify. Said deep class. Well, I need to know these things. That's what I'm going to have to ask if I get a chance to talk to Daniel on Thursday. Well, it sounds like know. you just got your question. I need to know. I want to know if there's left starting left tackles. Plug and play day one in round two. I just need to know, Daniel. I just need to know. It sounds like you just got your question there. So <laughs> there you have it. But yeah, they're, they're really good stuff. And by the way, they were also doing a segment where they rank uh, personnel of all 32 teams into different categories. And they started off with who, which teams have how many how many blue chip players do each does each team have and the ravens according to daniel have six lamar right. mark andrew you want to revisit no, no, go this ahead. no go ahead go ahead lamar mark andrews tyler linderbaum kyle hamilton roquan and justin matabike six blue chip players to give you an idea of how many new england has i'm pretty sure they gave him a goose egg so what did they give kansas city didn't listen that far, okay. but we will revisit. Yeah, we'll, we'll revisit. Listen, here's it. the thing: we at some point we need to do our own stuff. Like, I definitely, for sure, want us to do um, our top wide receivers that we feel like would fit in free agency. In free agency, yeah. even though I really think it's draft for wide receiver, and then even like a more a broader one where we're like not just wide receivers, but like who are three or four free agents that it's like. This is who the Ravens should should target, but both based on cap, because it's easy to be like, "Ooh, this is the number one wide receiver that's out there." The Ravens should go get him. Like, I I want like I want to revisit like what we did when I was like, "Ooh, I it's OBJ, it's OB right." And then yep. I can't remember who you paid, but it was like, oh, "That's what I want to do." We're gonna get to that. We're definitely gonna get to that. But I would like to go through that exercise and be like, "Who do we feel like is blue chip for sure?" Beautiful. Anyway, so, so many things to get to. Anyway, last thing. Uh, last quick hit, uh, PFF Baltimore Ravens. Um, we did this out. Ben Cleveland in week 17 and 18. I believe that was when um, uh, Zeitler was injured, right? And we know that the Ravens did not resign him before his void dead cap hit the is going to hit the 2024 cap. So Ben Cleveland was in for him when he was injured in, in week 17 and 18. What were the results? Well, according to PFF, Ben was in 64 pass blocking snaps, two pressures allowed zero sacks allowed an 85.9 PFF grade. And then they write new, the new right guard with the thinking emoji. So I, I think actually so. think that I actually think that might be true. I think so. Yeah. And I think that'd be great for Ben. Um, I mean, he's here for, we've been waiting for him to break out. Right. And he's been waiting for, and he's always put good stuff on the tape. He's always put good stuff yep. on tape. So unless he has a bad off season and something unforeseen happens, I would pencil him in as the favorite going in. Yeah. And then you got a couple guys depth wise who could compete for that left guard and maybe even bring in a rookie as well. So yep. we'll have to see how they handle business in a couple months from now when the NFL draft kicks off. We're definitely, I promise you this, we are definitely planning a big opening night the last Thursday in April. So oh, looking forward to that. I even have updates Be for careful. you. Be along careful. Those lines. I can't rem remember. I'm not saying. You stop telling people who are booking, and then then when they come, it'll just be a surprise because then it's such a letdown. But anyway, okay. uh, wait. Let me read what I texted. You. Let me read. Let me let me read what I texted you along those lines today. Oh, did you text when me? I told well, when I told you that that. Oh uh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And then I gotta go. I gotta go pick this. up my son from his baseball tryouts. People people will appreciate this. All right. So I send you the screenshot, and you're like, oh, okay, you know, like hopefully we can get it in at some point this week or before the combine. 
right. I go, reason number 474,848, why we should hold off on teasing these things. LOL. I can never resist the urge. It's never you. you. It's always me. You said I can never resist the urge. (laughs) Well, you did. To be fair, you got the text while we're recording, and he's like, okay, 430, and I'm sure you were just excited and wanted to see it. Yeah. But hopefully hopefully we'll track him down at some point this week. I just missed missed a call from him before we started recording, so we're just kind of going back and forth. Shout out to a couple of our OG patrons, Stephen Dents, Jason Zerotniak. Thank you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. We appreciate you, and thank you so much. If you guys are interested in doing the same this offseason, visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast to learn more about what we're offering here inside the channel. So for my co-host, Sarah Ellison, and our friends at Mantis Sleep, who proudly support us here, and we are uh, proud to call them sponsors as well. I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Wednesday morning vault. We will next be with you on Thursday morning, if not before, and be on the lookout for a Todd Munkin conversation and more news coming up on the Ravens OC. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.